Welcome to the Dogsthorpe Infant School Launchpad. Eddie has his paw excitedly poised over the launch button. We have some great guests lined up. So just sit back and enjoy the show. This is your captain speaking. We've been cleared for departure. Okay, Eddie, start the countdown. Five, four, three, two, one. This podcast is brought to you by Eddie Edster, the Dogsthorpe Infant School Wellbeing Dog. I'm Georgina. I'm, I'm a former teacher and I used to also be a SENCO, which is a Special Educational Needs Coordinator. Um, I'm now a private tutor for children with special educational needs. And I've got two things really to offer. Um, I founded the SEN Resources blog. So the Special Educational Needs Resources blog, which is a free website for teachers and parents of children with special educational needs and disabilities. And I'm also author of a new book called 100 Ways Your Child Can Learn Through Play. And that's published by Jessica Kingsley Publishers. And again, it's for parents and teachers of children with special educational needs, sort of from preschool to the end of primary level but it's also suitable for older children who might be working at the primary school level so it's not you know it's not age dependent so the send resources blog it's a website for parents and teachers of children with special educational needs it's completely free Um, initially I just started it as a way to share some resources and some advice with the parents of the children that I was tutoring so instead of if I found like I don't know if I found a really good game that I thought would be brilliant for speech and language I would instead of sending an email to all the parents I thought oh I'll just put it on a website and then I can be like oh if you keep checking my website you'll find some brilliant resources for um, the children and then it sort of grew into something a bit bigger than I was expecting. It was it was just supposed to be for the parents of the children that I was tutoring. And then it, it sort of snowballed and became a website that's quite well used, which is brilliant. Um, and it shares reviews and recommendations of books and toys that are suitable for children with special education needs. So there's loads, I've tried out loads and loads of different toys and read loads of books. And I never put anything on my website that I don't think is brilliant. So everything on there is, is a positive review of something that I think is really good and worthwhile getting. Um, there's reviews and recommendations as well of books for parents and teachers. So there's things that will tell you more about autism, for example, or there might be a book that tells you how some really good ways to support children in your classroom, or there might be some brilliant parenting books, any books that I've found that I've had a read of and I think are good, I've put on there. Um, And then there's like my favourite bit, which is all the sort of activities on there. So there's activities you can do at home with your children, there's activities to do in school, Um, all of them are sort of skill based, but probably without the children really realising. So there's activities to help with fine motor skills. So they're sort of building those the tiny muscles in your hands and your fingers that help you learn to write so children really need those skills and you can do loads of play-based activities to help with them um, there's different activities to help with speech and language there's activities to help children develop their social skills um, and then there's numeracy and literacy uh, some of these are written in blog posts there's also now loads of videos on there that I created so during the first lockdown and sometimes when I say this I'm not even sure how it happened because I had my own children at home and it was you know juggling everything but um, I recorded some videos during 
Well, every day I recorded a video during the first lockdown when the schools closed of home learning activities for children. And they were quite widely shared, which was lovely on school websites and with parents accessing them. Um, and there's loads and loads of activities on there of just like fun things you can do with your children that look like play. So your children will want to do them. But actually, there's loads of skills like weaved into them to um, make it fun for them. So have a look at them if you can. And there's also advice on my website as well. So advice on everything from helping children get to sleep at bedtime, because that's a really tricky issue for so many parents. Um, and then also things, I don't know, there's things like how to entertain your child when it's raining. So if you've got really active children at home and you've got a wet, rainy day on the Saturday and you're thinking, what am I going to do with my children? There's different advice on there for that. And there's also some downloadable activity packs. So I've made some like documents you can download, which have lots of different activities you can try with your child to help them with phonics, to help them with number bonds, um, telling the time, all sorts of things like that. So there's the blog.com. And I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and all of all of that. Um, and then my book, which is was published this year, is called A Hundred Ways Your Child Can Learn Through Play. And that's for parents and teachers of children with special educational needs. And it, yeah, it's full of basically play-based learning activities that you can do with your children to really help these important skills. And again, sort of trick, not tricking your children, but weaving them in so they don't even realise that they're learning. So sort of whether it's raining or you're stuck inside and your child is overstimulated or you just need some sensory play, or even if you're off on like a train journey or going to be in the car for a long time, you're thinking, how on earth am I going to keep my child sat still, but also doing something productive? Well, the book's got loads of activities to help with this. And I've also tried to sneak in lots of skill based learning into that so that while you're child is happy playing or creating you can sort of sit there feeling confident in the knowledge that they're also developing a whole range of skills through play a lot of parents I know during lockdown in particular felt quite overwhelmed about how best to help their children I think it's a really tricky subject isn't it you there's so many parents feeling desperate to help their children but how do you go about it it's all well and good being told you need to help improve their motor skills or they need some help with their speech and language skills but what do you actually do often I think parents come home from meetings thinking right okay so I know I need to do this but then what can I physically do at home to help my children so what I've done in the book is at the bottom of each activity there's like a little tick box and it tells you which skills that activity will help your child to develop or could help your child to develop so the idea is if you were thinking right speech and language is something we're focusing on at the moment at home, then you could flick through the book and find all the ones with the ticks for speech and language. And then you'd know that those activities would be suitable to do at home. So the idea was that it was going to be sort of a play recipe book. You can get it down from the shelf, pop it on your kitchen table and look perhaps with your child and think, what are we going to do today? Which, which fun things can we do together and have some quality time? And as you would do with recipes, I'd like people to experiment with it. There's no one size fits all for it. I know all children are different. And as a parent or the teacher of the child in school, you you know that child a lot better than I do. I can't, my book can't possibly be perfect for everybody. So I'd want you, like you would do with a recipe, to sort of experiment with it. You know, if the child didn't like ingredients in a cake, you wouldn't put them in the cake. So if you're doing an activity and they don't like it or you don't have that ingredient in your cupboard, then change it. Um, so, yeah, I've put suggestions in for each activity of how you can extend the activity, how you can adapt it. And, yeah, just be empowered to know that you're the expert of your child and you know them best. Could you just direct our listeners 
to um, the, the website again and to where they can have a look at your resources? Absolutely. So it's www.senresourcesblog.com. Um, and then, yeah, and then you can find everything on that website and it links to my book as well. I think at the top there's a bit that says book, but you can also find the book on any bookshop, right. <laughs> so Amazon, anywhere you want. I'm selling signed copies as well at the moment. They can be accessed direct from me. So if you contact me via my website, there's a few left of those. You are listening to Launchpad, the Dogsthorpe Infant School podcast for parents, children and teachers. We have got Asta and we have got Naz and they work for Family Voice. Can you share with our listeners a few ways in which Family Voice supports families in our city? So Family Voice has a statutory responsibility to gather information, data from parents and and to report it back to the local authority. Um, But they do a lot more than just that, although that's really, really important. Um, We have a group of parent reps who have lived experience um, uh, of, of a range of different experiences so for example we've got parents of children who have physical disabilities and need peg feeds and um and have wheelchair they they use wheelchairs and things so or we have parents who have children with neurodevelopmental conditions so they've got an experienced broad sort of knowledge around autism dyslexia and learning disabilities and so on and so forth so we the peer support system that family voice provide it's really really valuable because there's a group of us that provide not just um, not just a listening ear, we, we provide support when it's most needed. Um, and that's really, really important. And we recruit parent reps. So we, we have parents who come to us for support when we can then provide them training so that they can support other parents. And that's been really valuable th- throughout the pandemic. It's been absolutely essential. Uh, one of our main priorities is to work together with the local authority and, and CCG and CPFT to ensure that the services for children who have SCND are actually fit the purpose. Uh, so, for example, we can um, ask parents, well, what does it work for you? What doesn't work? What ne- what you need more of? What you need less? We just need to in- ensure that what um, whatever services there are, they're being utilised and they actually fit for our children. They help our families. They help to support the children and the families as well as help with their education and health and whatever needs that might be. Also, I think uh, one very important part what we do is, um, well, pre-pandemic mainly, we used to do um, activities that were face-to-face. However, obviously, during the pandemic, we had to change the way we deliver our services. Um, so rather than let's say, uh, getting together an activity world and having a fun day out. We sent children and families activity packs. Um, we also had um, our care support packs because what we kind of identified during the pandemic was there were a lot of wonderful charities that were helping children. We felt that the parents were kind of feeling left out because they were the ones who had to care for their children 24-7 and um, they weren't really you know, being looked after, they didn't have that sort of time to wind down a bit. So we ensure that they had something, even whether it is, you know, a nice uh, bath bomb, a little journal to write in or anything like that, but something that they would be able to do sort of in in terms of self-care as well. 
So in addition to that, we, we also provide workshops, information um, sharing workshops in school settings so that we can, I guess part of it is about psychoeducation so that we can share information and, and look to networking with other organisations so that we can all co-produce whatever we're doing. It's all surrounded, it's all part of our co-production. Are there specific challenges that have come after or as we come out of the pandemic that's going to cause you more work in the future? Absolutely. And one of the key things I think that we we identified was parent care and mental health and well-being. I think across the board, all of us, regardless of whether we're parent carers or not, our mental health has been affected by the pandemic. But for parent carers, as Asta said before, it's a 24-hour job. Um, the impact of that has been tremendous. And, and the anxiety and worry around how our our children who have sent needs are going to catch up because they haven't just missed out on education, they've missed out on one-to-one -one support, they've missed out on OT input, on, on SALT input, they've missed out on a lot. And I guess the anxiety is how are our children going to catch up um, and, and are we ever going to catch up? You know, is that whole year of, and, and the pressure and anxiety and I suppose the mental health issues that are going to, going to arise are there's, there, there's long-term and short-term implications for all involved. Absolutely and not to mention also the financial impact that a lot of our families have experienced because imagine if you now all of a sudden have children that you need to take care of and you are unable to go to work anymore because you have those children 24-7 that actually had a massive impact as well on our families um, and do not forget that during the beginning of the pandemic, uh, the government issued um, reasonable adjustments for those children who have EHC plans, which meant that a lot of them, as uh, Naz just said, a lot of them missed out on one-to-one uh, -one support. They missed out on speech and language input, on occupational therapy, on physiotherapy, because obviously mm -hmm. in order to keep um, our children and, and, and uh, other people safe, uh, they were unable to see them face-to-face -face anymore. And that had a massive impact. At the same time, um, for those children who already struggle um, sort of making, you know, friends and, and communicating with others. Imagine being a year, you know, just inside your own little bubble at home and not having that uh, ability, uh, those opportunities to communicate with others. So those are the children who actually regress during the pandemic. And as Naz said, are they ever going to be able to catch up with on, on all the things that they missed? The financial presses, I mean, during the pandemic, there was a lot of home working, you know, people could work from home. But if you're a parent carer working from home and caring for a child, that's a that's a massive demand. But I think for some, and, and there is nuance here, that for some families that would have been a really good arrangement to have. But now that things are changing and people are being asked now to go out and work outside, that's bringing about more of a challenge for parent carers because where your child is now playing catch up, you're still having to focus on that as well as trying to work out, well, how am I going to work? How am I going to work and earn and bring the income in again? So, so there's a, there's a huge amount around anxiety and, um, and reassurance and definitely about how are these children going to catch up? Our next guest on Launchpad podcast is Mrs. Marshall Sully, and she is the SendCo 
at Dogsthorpe Infant School. What exactly is a SENCO? A SENCO is a role that has to be in every school. It's one of those roles that every school has to have. And it's quite a key role in making sure that we meet the needs of all of the pupils within the school, um, no matter what those, those needs are. So whether it's something to do with communication and interaction or um, their cognition, whether it's to do with their learning, whether it's to do with um, physical needs or whether it's to do with social, emotional and mental health needs, it's to make sure that their needs are being met in school in the best possible way. And that must be a very challenging job for you. Absolutely, it is. It's a job that I absolutely love, though. And when I was a, a class teacher, I always felt that we didn't necessarily have enough time to meet the needs of, of every child. So I love having a role where I can support teachers in, in meeting those needs and coming up with um, ideas to support the children. It can change from year to year as to what our um, predominant needs are. But generally, um, we... We have a lot of children that have communication and language needs um, so that their then communication issues are slightly delayed. It might be that they have errors with speech sounds or it might be that they have difficulty forming sentences or having vocabulary. At our school, that's one of our biggest needs. And that information is widely available on our information report. We also have a few children with um, autism. That's quite a, a common need within our school. And we're um, getting quite well known for our ability to meet the needs of children um, with communication and difficulties, including autism diagnosis within that as well, through the different activities that we do. As time goes on, we're getting better at identifying children's needs early. And um, there's a lot more information available on the on the Internet. Um, that's been a, a great source um, for many people to learn more about different conditions. So things that may have not been picked up um, that early previously are now being addressed in early years so then by the time the children start school lots has already known about their needs um, and we can build up on that but I think society has moved on quite a lot and people are more inclusive generally children especially at the age that we have at Dogthorpe Infants are very inclusive of their friends and we focus on the children's strengths rather than their areas of challenge so we're always looking for what is that child good at and sometimes it's easier to find than others. And sometimes that's one of the, the greatest challenges, but also um, one of the things that brings me the biggest joy when we can find the thing that the child is really strong at and encourage them. Because sometimes you just have to find that thing inside them that sparks and then you watch them go. And it's absolutely fantastic when you find this, the strength of a child and ways to nourish that and, and um, encourage that within the child. Um, that's a real, real thing that brings me joy in the job. We've had to think a bit more creatively about how to meet the needs of, of children, but we've also found um, different ways of approaching things that have worked even better. Um, we've found that for some children, having their own personal space has made things um, greater for them. You know, they, they've found that they, they're not um, surrounded by the busyness of the normal school day when we've, when we've had to separate um, but now we're coming back together. Some of those things make it more difficult for the children. Some children have become a little bit more anxious than they were before the pandemic. And we are noticing that there's some children are quite anxious at the moment. Um, some parents are too. So it's addressing ways to make sure that children feel safe um, and nurtured in school because they're more used to being um, in their home environment now. Um, so 
bonds with parents are, are much stronger in, in some respects and you know we have to work to make sure the children feel safe in school. it for another show folks thanks for listening to eddie the well-being dogs podcast for parents children teachers and schools tune in again soon when eddie's launchpad will be waiting to take you and your children on another exciting learning journey to dream believe and shine